0: You are listening to the First Tech Podcast. These podcasts are designed for authorized financial advisors. If you are not an authorized financial advisor, you may find the content of this podcast difficult to follow as it assumes you have the necessary training and qualifications to understand the concepts discussed. You should also be aware the information contained in this podcast is general information only and does not take into account any of your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. From 1 October last year, self-managed funds have been required to process all rollovers via the SuperStream data and payment standards. However, this has not been smooth sailing for many funds with a range of misunderstandings and practical problems causing unnecessary delays. My name is Craig Day, head of the First Tech team at CFS, and joining me today, I have two very special guests. Uh Peter Burgess, Deputy CEO and Director of Policy and Education at the SMSF Association, as well as David Basoli, Principal of the SMSF Admin Service Provider, SMSF Alliance. G'day guys.
1: Hi
2: Craig. Craig.
0: How are we? Very
2: good, go. thank you. Pleasure to be here.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So Peter, Deputy CEO, but I do understand soon to be CEO. Congratulations.
2: Uh, thanks, Craig. That's right. From from March next year, uh, taking over the role of uh CEO of the association, so uh, some big shoes to fill, but uh, looking forward to it.
0: Excellent. And David, um, SMSF Alliance, can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, we are SMSF administrators with a difference. We are a B2B service, servicing primarily financial planners and, and accountants, and we spend most of our time, uh, in addition to, of course, the general admin work, to mentoring our, our our clients and to uh, and and assisting them to create a, a better service proposition for their clients.
0: Okay, terrific. All right, so we're going to be talking about SMSFs and Superstream. Now, there's been a fair bit covered on this in the press over the years, but what we're actually noticing is there seems to be continuing problems with this from a from a practical perspective. So, um, what we're going to do is start off talking, um, just you know give us a bit of a background in relation to what SMSF, or sorry, SuperStream is. So um, from an admin service provider perspective though, David, what sort of proportion of funds doing rollovers in or out of an SMSF are you seeing having problems with
1: SuperStream? We're seeing around about a 10 20% uh, problem proportion. Uh, Most of these problems are able to be fixed relatively easy once we've discovered what the problem actually is, Uh, but some of them... Uh, long term.
0: Okay, so w- when you say relatively quick to fix, how long?
1: Well, often the hardest part is to find out why it didn't work, because all we get is a rejection. We don't know what didn't work, so it becomes a bit hit and miss as we're trying to work out where the problem lies and uh, and, and 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 what we need to do to fix it. So the, the longest part is really finding out what's wrong Um, but we have had one situation in particular where we fixed everything and it still wouldn't work and we had to go to the ATO and the ATO said yeah well that's right we've got a problem at our end so so (laughs) it's an interesting uh, scenario all all in all.
0: Okay right. I think so if we start looking maybe at rollovers out of a self-managed super fund um, maybe associated with a wind-up um, and the trustees need to interact with SuperStream for the first time because maybe, you know, they're, they're retirees. Um, they haven't had to use SuperStream for contributions or anything like that. Um, so for those trustees, if they're listening, or their advisors, can you explain what SuperStream actually
1: is? Well, SuperStream is an electronic way of, of uh, ensuring that funds move to where they're supposed to move um, in the most efficient manner. Uh, it's a security proportion uh, precaution to uh, to ensure that as much as possible um, scams are, are shut down. It's really a data and payment standards, and the, and all the rollover information and payments are transferred electronically. And provided that all of the uh, the the dots match, it works. Uh, APRA funds have been doing things in this way for quite some time, but SMSFs only since yeah. October last year. So to an extent in SMSFs, it's a little bit of a new thing, and I suppose even when it's been around for a long time, it'll still be a new thing for many, many people because it's not something you often do.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I know from, from SuperStream, from a large fund perspective, it's been very good because it's really, you know, um, increased efficiency in that in that space of uh, organising rollovers between two different funds, but inside self-painted chip funds, as you say, um, you know, there is a bit of what do we call you know noise in the system, which is slowing things down. So we're not getting the same efficiencies at the moment. If you're saying ten to twenty percent of the, the rollovers are having problems, um, so I think probably for me one of the really important things to also remember about superstream is just this. Just simply means that the old rollover process of sending a check or who sends checks anyway these days, but sending sending an electronic you know rollover. Either you know a bank transfer or through you know PayPal or something like that. Not PayPal. What what is it? Um, uh, BPay um, and sending a, a paper based rollover benefit statement. It just doesn't work like that anymore. It's actually not allowed to work like that from the first of October last year. Um, also, I suppose for me, one of the common mis- misconceptions, if I could say it, misconceptions around Superstream, is that it actually involves a, a transfer of data and the payment as in the one electronic message, and that's not the case, is it?
1: No, it's a two-step process. The first one is identifying that you have the right entities involved. But then the second step is actually sending the money. And one of the misconceptions, as you said, is that people do think it's 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 uh, all-inclusive, and we do have that with SMSFs that are winding up or sending money to, uh, to APRA funds we produce everything that we need to on the SuperStream side, we provide it to the trustee and the trustee has nothing with it because they think that means we've all also sent the money. So it does require some a trustee involvement.
0: Yeah, okay, so it's, it's not just the data package going, then the trustee actually needs to go in and, and transfer the money as well. So okay. if I am a trustee, um, what am I going to need to do? So I've decided to wind up, I want to transfer all my benefits back to a large fund. What do I do to, need to do to transfer data via the SuperStream system?
1: Well, what I would suggest is that if you're a trustee, you go to a, an SMSF administrator or an accountant who knows what they're doing in this respect. Uh, you can, of course, also uh, access MyGov and, and, and do the thing yourself. But <laughs> given the number of problems that we have, Uh, When we're experienced in doing this, I think that that is a recipe for disaster. So what they need is a a messaging provider uh, with a unique electronic service address and uh, professional administrators use um, standard packages which have those those items already attached. If you've got a trustee who wants to do this on their own, they're going to have to uh, access a, a third-party messaging provider, and there is a list of those on the ATO site. But the one that I suppose is probably the most popular is Australia, Australia Post, but still problematic in actually doing what needs to be done to get it to work properly.
0: Yeah. Well, also, just say so you've got a fund that's actually had employer contributions coming in under Superstream. Um, so the data coming in and, <clears throat> and the payments coming electronically—is um, it possible just to use? The same electronic service address for that?
1: It's possible, but it's not an automatic. Uh, once again, if you access the ATO's website with their list of electronic service providers, you'll see that they have uh, a couple of columns there to indicate what they can be used for, and some can only be used for employer contributions.
0: Right. So if I've been, if I do have an electronic service address that's it's contribution capable, if I'm going to roll over, I've got to actually go and check to make sure that that's rollover compatible, and if it's not. I'm going to go and have to get a new electronic service address is what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, okay. Um, Peter, some funds um, have been reporting problems obtaining an electronic service address. And as a result, the ATO has announced some transitional provisions to allow them to do rollovers outside the SuperStream um, protocols. Can you give us a little bit of background what's going on here and if it's, if it's actually that common?
2: Yeah, so that's right, Craig. So earlier this year, the ATO did provide some concessions uh, to allow some rollovers to occur outside of the SuperStream regime, Uh, but it only applies in some very specific situations. So where there's a rollover from an SMSF to another SMSF or where the SMSF is rolling over money to an APRA fund. Um, but in, very importantly, you need to seek approval from the ATO first before you can do these rollovers outside of the, the SuperStream regime. Uh, and you, so you need to contact the ATO and keep a copy of the uh, reference call number uh, because the SMSF auditor will need to see that uh, given yeah. that this rollover is occurring outside the, uh, the SuperStream uh, regime. It, it was just really a recognition from the ATO earlier this year that uh, SMSF members were finding it difficult to get uh, an electronic service address. So if your fund was not being administered on one of those mainstream software providers, um, it was difficult for uh, for some trustees to get that ESA. Uh, but with Australia Post now on board, uh, it's much easier for uh, SMSF members to obtain an ESA. And I think because of that, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the ATO uh, removes this concession before the end of this calendar year. Uh, They've they've also told us that there's been very few people actually apply uh, for this type of concession. I think it's less than 40 was the number that I saw recently. Um, So given that it's had very low uptake um, and that there are now uh, other options available to SMSF investors to get an electronic service address, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that. Concession removed.
0: Okay, terrific. Okay, D-
2: David, maybe back to you. Um, so I'm just thinking here.
0: I've got a, an SMSF administrator. We're also talking about these software packages, like you know your classes and your BGLs and your supermates. Who is it that's actually the messaging provider? Is it the administrator or is it the software?
1: Provider? No, it's the software provider, and that means that you can standardise. Um, how how you operate if you're using one of those packages and frankly uh there are not many uh, accountants administrators administering SMSS these days that aren't using one of those uh, one of those packages
0: so actually when, when you think about that if if i'm an administrator using one of these packages which you say is, is most administrators administrators these days so most people are pretty much going to have access to an electronic service address because it's going to be built into the software package on which their their SMSF is being administered on. Yeah. Yeah, so, and that comes back to Pe- Peter's point that, you know, not many people actually found it that difficult to have an electronic service address. So therefore there's been hardly anyone taking up that exemption.
1: Yes, and I think that it's, uh, it's probably easier for someone to find uh, a, a provider who's using one of these software packages than it is to actually get them to... Uh, to operate the Australia Post option themselves. So Peter's uh, yeah. indication there that only 40 have used it is, uh, bears that out. Yeah,
0: yeah, okay. Um, so if if my admin service provider is is able to assist, which what you're telling me is most will be able to assist, and I want to wind <coughs> up and roll over, what does the trustee actually need to do?
1: Well, the trustee needs to understand that they do have to do some things themselves. They can't just go to the admin admin provider and say, hey, I want to uh, wind up, I want to roll over. Sure, they do have to give that instruction, but at some stage they do need to set up the investment so they've got the cash to uh, to do that. Uh, they've got to check their bank transfer limits to make sure that the amount that they want to transfer is actually going to be able to be transferred uh, in, in in one trance. And then the admin provider will do everything that's necessary in the SMSF world, which... Uh, uh, means bringing all the accounts to order now that might be a torturous program because there may be a lot of unmatched items there might be uh, uh, items that uh, uh, have been uh, uh, tr- transactions that have been entered into by the by the uh, trustee and insufficient uh, information has been given there's, theres it can it can take quite some time before the admin provider can bring the accounts up to date even in our case where we Process on a daily basis. We get some trustees who steadfastly refuse to cooperate. Uh, but then, when they want to uh, do something like uh, do a rollover, suddenly they're expecting it there uh, on on the spot. So yeah, the admin provider does all that, and then uh, they will be able to determine what the member account is and how much the actual uh, amount is that's going to be rolled over, and they will will relay that to the. Uh, to the member and make sure they're in agreement. There are situations where they're not necessarily going to be in agreement, I might add. There might be a dispute amongst trustees or members, but mostly they'll get that agreement.
0: Yep. So if we've got the fund to the point where we're all happy, we're ready to press the button to roll over, what then happens from a SuperStream perspective?
1: Okay. Once we've activated the the SuperStream, and I would suggest that in this situation the administrator is the best one to actually activate it, the, uh, yep. the administrator sends the data, uh, including the general member data, the age, date of birth, um, eligible service date, tax file number and benefit details uh, to the ESA of the uh, receiving fund and they produce a payment reference number. Now that payment reference number is then provided to the uh, member and they have to attach that in the description of the transfer that they will ultimately make of the funds. As I said earlier, the SuperStream does not include the transfer, that is the second step of the process, but the SuperStream is linked to it by way of that uh, very valuable payment reference number.
0: Right. So I suppose then the the receiving fund gets the message um, and then as we said before, then the second step of the process is the electronic funds transfer that has the payments reference on it. Yes. Sitting in it. And so both of those, the, the message and the money hits the receiving fund and they go, match match, match made in heaven, and we're done. Yeah. Right. We've got the yeah. roll over. Okay, yeah, no, it's so,
1: 24 hours.
0: Yeah. Okay. So really nice and efficient if it works. Um, I suppose what we were talking about, if if the admin provider is not able to assist, then they've then they've got to if this is being done through Australia Post, for example, then the admin provider provides all the rollover, well the information that would need to go with the the data message to the trustee, and the trustee goes off to Australia Post and gives them the information. Is yeah, that look, the, theoretically it
1: works? It works the same way, but the the uh, trustee is is fulfilling the the role of the administrator, and and uh, you know that can be a little problematic, and in particular, the administrator um, will um, be able to to analyse the data uh, to a greater extent if there is a problem. But, yes, it it can happen, but it's going to be problematic.
0: Right, okay. Um, And there's also a potential trap here, isn't it? Because so so far what we've been talking about is where the trustees decided in their own head that they're going to, you know, roll over and wind up the fund. Um, They start talking to the administrator Administrator does all the work, and then we make the request to roll over and swing, swing, swing. Or it all happens very, very quickly. Um, but these days, you can actually request a rollover not only through the potentially the APR regulated fund that the money is heading towards, or also through the ATO uh, online services via MyGov. So, if the rollover is requested that way, yeah, that's not going to happen <coughs> within three days.
1: <laughs> Look, that, that that is a major a major issue. And it's really the uh, the member kicking an old goal, an own goal, because unless mm-hmm. you comply with a three day time limit from when you've received the request to the payment, um, you've actually uh, mm-hmm. in contravention of the standards. Now, if you are in contravention of the standards, there's a potential administrative penalty uh, of four thousand four hundred dollars per individual trustee, or four thousand four hundred oh. per corporate trustee if you have that, and. Um, uh, and and it's, an, it's an own goal because if the, the member decides to activate the rollover in this manner, the uh, fund will almost certainly not be in a position to be able to comply with the three days.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right, Peter. Um, so this all sounds fabulously simple. So what's been going wrong? Yeah. Why
2: is it yeah, I guess the main problem is just, you know, the general lack of awareness uh, from SMSF investors about these new rules. Um, you know, uh, many of these funds have not required an electronic service address in the past, so the whole, you know, idea about the concept of getting an electronic service address and then having to transfer data and information electronically to another fund uh, is, uh, you know, something very new to these uh, to many of these trustees. And I, I think we, we've seen some instance where the trustees have tried to roll the money uh, using the old paper-based approach, uh, which hasn't worked, um, and the uh, the APRA funders had to reject the rollover and then start again. So that's, you know, caused some frustration out there. Um, and I think one of the other issues we've seen, and, and David touched on this, is... When the message is sent to the APRA Fund, uh, on some occasions it's, um, it's rejected or fails, uh, and there's not a lot of information given as to why that message actually has failed. Um, and so we, we are working with the APRA Funds as well as the ATO to try and resolve that so that we get you know, more information back when a message actually fails uh, so we know what to do to fix it. Um, so there, you know, some of the, I guess, the issues is just really that lack of awareness that I see uh, out there about these new rules. Yeah, okay, because, you know,
0: I work for a large fund and I can tell you we have received <laughs> application forms with a cheque, with a, with a paper-based, you know, rollover benefit statement and that was, you know, just in the last couple of months, so well and truly after 1 October last year. So there is still very much a, a lack of understanding there. Um, in terms of the payment... Itself. So, I've been talking to David about the, the data that goes across. What about the payment itself? What are the requirements there?
2: Yeah. So, the payment itself must be made through the electronic funds transfer. Um, so, you know, that's the the, uh, the bulk electronic clearing system or BEX as it's sometimes referred to. So, we're talking EFTs, uh, electronic funds transfers. Uh, you can't use things like BPay um, to make the payment. Um, so, that is not a Superstream compliant. Uh, way of doing it, uh, so that will result in in, in errors. Um, so it must be via that uh, that what we call bulk electronic clearing system, or BEX, as I said, more commonly known as the electronic transfer uh, facility.
0: Yeah. Okay. So from from a large fund, this is where we're really seeing a lot of the problems coming through, and it has to do with what. Uh, David mentioned earlier on about bank transfer limits. So obviously if, I've got a, if I'm have an SMSF and I've got a bank account, there's obviously going to be electronic transfer limits placed upon that account. Um, and what's happening is when people are deciding to roll out and maybe send the money to CFS or any other large fund, public offer fund out there, um, they're being hit by these transfer limits. So to give you an example, what will happen is let's say a client's rolling over for nice, easy purposes, let's say $150,000 is their benefit in the self-managed super fund um, and maybe in that situation that fund has an electronic transfer limit of $50,000 per day, right? So they can't just send one $150,000 figure. So what they do, the data package goes off and said for for David, let's say, we're expecting now to receive a rollover of $150,000 but over three days we receive three rollovers of $50,000 each. Now the system cannot match that because the system is sitting there with a message saying, you're going to get $150,000 for David, and it keeps looking, and we keep on don't getting $150,000 for David, and it doesn't have the smarts to say, but hang on, we've got three for $50,000. So that causes us a problem. the The other problem that we're seeing is sometimes, and actually, there was a large administrator telling people to do this before we said, please stop. Is members were going into the branch of their bank and saying, well, look, I can't transfer this $150. Can you do the? Can I do this? through the branch. And they said, yeah, sure, we can do that for you. And so what happened is they would transfer the $150,000 to the nominated fund's bank account, potentially our bank account, um, and it had the correct payment reference notice sitting there. So you would think, what's the problem? The problem is that when you go into a branch and they do the transfer, they don't do it through that BEX system and it's only yeah. transfers through BEX which are complying. So the system will be sitting there looking for a transfer that's coming through from a, on a BEX transfer, not for other transfers. So we had one situation where, where we had a couple $100,000 rollover hit one of our bank accounts, and we're sitting there with the, the data package that's come through. We're sitting there with the, the amount of money and a correct payment reference number, but because it came through that different payment system, the system couldn't match it up. So in both of those circumstances, what then has to happen is that the, the large public offer fund has to go through and manually start looking through, sifting through thousands and thousands of transactions trying to find these situations. And, and what we can do then is either reject the payment and send it back, which is a terrible experience. So can you imagine if it's taking us two or three days to find these payments and then we're going to send it back to some you know suburban branch clearing account? where the members then have to go back to the suburban branch and try and find their money it's a terrible terrible experience. So what the ATO has actually said to large funds you can actually decide to accept these rollovers if you want because the rollover payment standards apply to the sending fund not the receiving fund. Right? So what we can turn around to the member and say right we've we've found these three transactions we can accept it all. Problem is you're now going to be in breach of the payment standards. What do you want us to do? And a lot of circumstances the vast majority of the trustees are saying, I'm just glad you found the money, just accept it and I'll deal with the potential consequences, right? Um, So in that situation, um, yeah, it's really problematic for trustees. So what we really, really stress for people is have an understanding of those um, bank transfer limits. Now, if the transfers are going to be more than that, make sure you go in and increase the bank transfer limits for a specified period of time. If you're not comfortable with doing that, the other thing you can do is process three rollovers for the smaller amount. So you would have three rollovers for $50,000, each with their own unique payment reference number rather than one big 150 amount with, with three different amounts. So that's the potential ways of doing it um, to avoid these problems with you know money being lost in the system. Um, and stressing clients out um, and taking a long time to find, which means that there's more time people are out of the market and missing out on potential returns. So uh, a real issue there. Now, in terms of um, SMSFs receiving rollovers, so, Peter, um, we're also seeing issues there, aren't we? Do you want to explain what's what's causing this? <laughs>
2: Yeah, so look, when when the APRA fund receives uh, an application to roll money to a self managed super fund, they're required to validate that information uh, against uh, what the ATO has on record for that fund. Um, So they need to validate the funds ABN, whether the fund is a complying fund, uh, the member details, the electronic service address of the fund, as well as the bank account details and so on. So uh, if they're not able to match that, um, so if there's a difference between what the member has provided on their rollover application versus what the ATO has on file, well then there's an error message. So the rollover process essentially stops at that time. Uh, And one of the problems is that uh, the APRA fund is, is not aware of what Hasn't matched. Uh, they just get a message saying that uh, the details don't match, but they're not sure exactly what details haven't matched, which uh, has been a problem. And, and we've seen this happen quite a few times where the the SMSF uh, trustees have not kept their information up to date with the ATO. So, you know, they may have changed their bank account details, but not have updated their ATO records, or may have changed their electronic service address, or may not have even told the ATO that they now have an electronic service address. So. You know, that's been a, a frustrating uh, part of the process that we've been we've receiving a lot of these sort of messages that are, where the data is just not matching, which stops the whole rollover process. Um, I think one of the other areas is the APRA funds requirement to identify the client. Um, so they have obligations under the AML, which is the anti money laundering and uh, obligations to correctly identify the client. It's called the know your client obligations. So they are required to um, cite. Copies of um, things like drivers' licenses and passports and other documents to, to ensure they have correctly identified uh, the client. Now, this is something that the trustees and the, the advisor may not have been aware of at the start of the rollover process. So, you know, having to provide all that information uh, is something that uh, can be quite frustrating as part mm-hmm. of this process. But you know, it is a legal obligation. We understand why the upper funds need to do that. Uh, and the other one is the bank account. Um, the whilst you can get a match with the bank account uh, information that the uh, the ATO has on file. Um, That's not actually validating that it's actually the right bank account because it's no validation back to the actual bank itself. It's just validating what the ATO has on record for that fund may not necessarily be the right bank account. So there's no direct validation to the bank. So from the APRA funds perspective, that's why they require a certified copy of the bank statement to make sure that it is the correct bank statement. Uh, And, again, that's something that perhaps wasn't known to the trustees or to the advisor at the start of the process. So having to provide that uh, as part of this is is also been uh, somewhat frustrating for uh, for trustees.
0: Yeah. I I think just listening to what you're saying there and just things like the correct electronic service address. We were talking just previously that funds might have an electronic service address that was set up to accept employer contributions but is not rollover-capable. Um, and you go and change that electronic service address, so now the, it's it is rollover capable. If the ATO still has an electronic service address for you based on the old one, then they're going to kick up an error.
2: Exactly right, uh, and the process stops, uh, and that uh, you know they have to go back again and 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 work out why there hasn't been a match in the data, and if it's because the electronic service address has changed, well then the trustees need to update that information uh, at the ATO end. And all of that takes time and it just frustrates the client because they don't
0: understand why this isn't going through. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, David, what are you seeing from an admin perspective?
1: Well, just following on for what Peter was saying there about bank statements, in the SMSF world, we sometimes have segregated member accounts where they have two separate uh, bank accounts. Yeah. Unfortunately, the ATO's records only allow one to be noted. And we have had situations where we've had rollovers coming in for two members in segregated accounts in the same fund, and we've had to make sure that the timing of the requests for those rollovers um, coincided with the way that we changed the bank account uh, records with the ATO. Just, uh, you know, something to be aware of. But where we're finding a a, a major issue where uh, where it occurs is in the Superfund Lookup, because any APRA fund that's going to move any monies over to an SMSF will check on Superfund Lookup to see if it's there, it's either registered or compliant. And if it's not, then they will not activate the rollover. Now, there there are a couple of reasons why the search and the Superfund Lookup will fail. One is a brand new fund uh, where uh, the the, uh, Superfund Lookup hasn't yet been updated. And of course, when you have a brand new fund, the first things that that, that the member wants to do is is roll in from uh, from the APRA fund. Yeah. In the past, we have been able to start a bank account, a pro forma bank account, and then when the ABM TFN was uh, issued by the uh, by, by the ATO, uh, and it went on to Superfund lookup, which is generally around about twenty four hours from that, the member was ready to go. But under the the current rules the uh, member is not able to complete their bank establishment details until after the ABN and TFN has been issued. So that means that even though it's on the Superfund lookup, they may not have the bank account in order for the reasons that Peter has said. So we, we have, we have this, this, this juxtaposition of the, uh, the issue of Superfund lookup and the commencement of the bank account, which, as Peter pointed out, then has to be notified of the ATO. There is another issue, and that is some SMSFs are a little tardy about doing their returns. Now, we have about a 98% on time lodgement rate, and some of that is, uh, is in spite of the uh, kickback from the trustees. And the 2% that we can't crack are the trustees that will not get off their backsides and, and, and actually perform uh, the small <laughs> number of, uh, of activities that they need to do. Then they want to do a rollover. Now, the ATO will remove the fund from the Superfund lookup if they have not lodged within the, uh, the, the by the lodgement date or the extended lodgement date, if, if that applied. It's then that suddenly these trustees swing into action and want to get things done quickly. The problem that they then have is that we we, we, we receive the information just to go to audit and blah, blah, blah. It can take some little while before it actually does get lodged, even with their uh, cooperation. In the meantime, they're waiting for this rollover. And then, when it is lodged, the ATO won't update that list until the first week of the following month. So, it was lodged, for example, on the first of the month. It's not going to get back on the Superfund lookup list for four or five weeks.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. Wow. Um, Peter, the association has been making submissions here to try and resolve some of these roadblocks. So. What, what, what's the association being asking for?
2: Yeah, so look, we, we've been having some, uh, well, we have regular m- meetings now with, with the APRA funds and we've had, it's been going on for a few months now where we're trying to, you know, remove some of these obstacles which um, are stopping the efficient rollover of funds between our two sectors and, you know, it is pleasing to see that the APRA funds are just as determined and motivated as what we are to try and, re- you know, remove these yeah. obstacles which are preventing funds flowing between our sectors. So, um, in particular, what we are focused on is making sure that there is consistencies in the documents that the APRA funds are asking for. So I mentioned earlier, uh, the APRA funds are required to identify clients when there's rollovers from uh, an APRA fund to an SMSF um, and that they do need to cite certain documents what we're asking for is consistency so that uh, all funds require the same documents. Now, you know most funds do, I think about 95% of the upper funds out there require exactly the same documents, but there are a few funds that have different requirements and some of those tend to be the larger funds. Um, so we, we're working with the APRA funds to try and get you know, consistency across the board there. Uh, and also when it comes to these bank account uh, verifications, so I mentioned that see, the APRA funds want to see a certified copy of the bank statement so they can be very confident that that is the correct bank account for the fund. Um, some funds require a, uh, for you to send that certified copy in the mail. Uh, so they want a hard copy sent in the mail. Um, so, you know, we, we don't want to see that. We, uh, we want to try and move to a regime where you can send all that information electronically. So they're the, they're the two of the ones that we're looking at. Uh, and also we, I touched on it before, uh, and that is where there are error messages, making sure that more information flows back so that uh, we can work out what's gone wrong. Uh, And that's been another area of focus uh, for our working groups.
0: Yeah, really important. It's no use being told there's an error when you don't know what the error is and you don't know what you need to fix. That's right. Um, Yeah. Okay. So I think to finish up, um, if I can ask you both, what are the main thing that advisors need to do to assist that these rollovers go through without a hitch. So I'll start with you, Peter.
2: Yes, yeah, so look, I think the first thing, and we've touched on it uh, during the session, but just make sure that the information is up to date. So all the information that the ATO has about the SMS is, is up to date, so that electronic service address details are up to date, that the bank account details are up to date, because as uh, you know, discussed during the session... If there's not a match uh, in what the ATO has on record uh, versus what the, uh, the, the, the member has provided as part of their application to roll over, it will stop the process. So really important before you instigate the rollover process, make sure that all the information is up to date at the ATO end um, <clears throat> So that's the first one, Um, and I think the second one is just make sure uh, when you start the process that you understand what the APRA fund is going to require. So if you're rolling money from an APRA fund to a self managed super fund, you know, get on the website of that APRA fund uh, and have a look at what their document requirements are. So what are they going to need to be able to identify you uh, and what documents are they going to need to be able to certify the bank account? As I said, some funds have different requirements, so you know, and get that information and documents um, ready uh, at the start of the rollover process. So uh, it's not something that um, needs to be provided down the track. That will help to speed up the process, and we don't end up, you know, experiencing some of these lengthy delays uh, when it comes to these rollovers. Yeah, terrific. Um, And David,
1: well, as Peter says, make sure that your, uh, your your ATO details are correct and match. But if you're rolling out, You realise that the trustee must realise they're going to sell up their investments and uh, check their their bank transfer limits. Uh, The administrator should be the one who activates the the, the process so as not to ensure that there's anything left uh, undone. And then after the SuperStream advice has been received, actually make the transfer, Uh, (laughs) making sure that that uh, identification number is, is, is inserted. If you're rolling into the super fund, the SMSF super fund lookup is is absolutely uh, vital. Check it. Uh, and then if you are setting up a new fund and you've got to have your bank account set up before you can actually do the transfer, get everything ready for the, uh, for the bank, their ID checks and the whole lot. Get it all done. Don't wait until you've got your um, fund on super fund lookup be- before you start doing that be be proactive and then um, activate it and uh, be prepared to supply any other information as peter has said that uh, an apra fund may require as, uh, as as further comfort for id purposes
0: yeah okay thanks guys i think from my perspective the, the major tip from you know from the large fund receiving it perspective is those bank transfer limits absolutely critical have an idea what they are Um, and make sure that you can process these electronic transfers in accordance with those bank transfer limits and in a way where the data package and the amount being rolled over actually matches. So, And it all goes through that BEX or Electronic Funds Transfer System. So it then rolls through very seamlessly because as soon as you start um, changing amounts that don't match with the payment reference number amount, Um, or you start going into branches and transferring via BPAY or via the the branch system, that's when it all goes wrong and that's when it slows down and we're spending a week or two trying to to sort things out. So have a real good understanding of that. So I might finish it up there. I'd say a very big thank you for both of your time. Um, Really appreciate it. Pleasure. Pleasure, Craig. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening to the First Tech Podcast. Please note these podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors as a source of general information. All scenarios considered during the podcast were purely hypothetical and for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action. You should read the relevant product disclosure statement before making any investment decisions and once again consider talking to a financial advisor. While all care has been taken in preparation of this podcast using sources we believe to be accurate and reliable, no person including Colonial First Aid Investments Limited and Advantius Investments Limited accepts responsibility for any loss suffered by any person arising from reliance on this information.